Welcome to the Contractor Commute, a podcast by Congenius designed to fit right into your daily drive. Whether you're a small business owner, an employee, or off contracting on your own, we've got advice, stories, and leadership tips to help you out along the way. Well, should we get back? Should we get after it? I'm ready. Let's so today go. we go. Yeah. Yep. Today, uh, what are we talking about, Drew? <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we ready to do a kickoff, Sam? We ready to do the start? Yeah, let's just keep going. I mean, we already kicked off. We're recording. We're live. All right. Here we are. <laughs> Contractor commute. So uh, last time we talked, uh, we really started talking through a five-step process uh, for uh, sales, the sales process of selling jobs. And we talked to the first three last week about uh, qualifying leads uh, as step one. Uh, so qualify. Is this a job you do want? Yep. Number two, scope, defining what all needs to be done. Yep. Uh, three, getting accurate measurements and dialing in what exactly you're going to be doing. So uh, the next two steps we're going to talk about today, uh, step four is estimate your costs. Uh, and step five is present. So yep. uh, putting an actual estimate together um, and then five, working on what is your proposal or presentation look like back to that customer. So um, let's get into it. So if we talk through uh, the estimate your cost uh, part of this deal. Um, what are some things that come to mind to you as uh, important parts of estimating? Yeah, so we define the where before mm-hmm. and scoping. We define the what kind of the items. We define the quantity, the how many. So now that we've got that defined, now we need to figure out what it costs us to do it. So we have a good context of what's being done. So we've already solved that. So now it's just a matter of really estimating costs. And so I want to get into a few things that are just shortcuts to help us accurate, you know, create accurate estimates more you know, quicker. So um, one of the things we run across all the time in construction, uh, not every trade has the same velocity of uh, moving targets like, uh, you know, the customer involved in every choice. You know, if you're doing plumbing work, they're not choosing out as many things as you might be doing if you're doing a custom kitchen or something like that, where there's cabinets and paint and all the rest of it. Anyway, these are selections, right? I mean, what does the customer want? And when you're trying to estimate a project up front, that takes a lot of effort <laughs> to get mm-hmm. all of that stuff determined. What's being done? These selections. Um, and so a shortcut and, and a way of really uh, not just not just gaining more speed, but also helping us protect ourselves from losing money on things is use a thing called allowance. If you use allowances, you're familiar with this, but essentially it's, you know, it's like growing up as a kid, what's your allowance? But it's a budget, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what, something we allow the customer as a budget, as a placeholder for a particular line item or selection on our our bid. So that might be like a faucet. We're going to put 150 bucks in for a faucet. You might choose a $600 faucet or you might choose a $60 faucet. We don't know. But we're just going to put a placeholder there, and then we're going to show the customer a list of all those allowances of saying, okay, we're going to allow this much for the faucet, this much for your tub, instead of saying we want Kohler model, you know, 2210, sink, and et cetera. It takes a lot of time to come up with all of that. So that's a shortcut, but it also protects us from cost overruns, that, that thing of indecisive customer, or they don't know what they want, or they change their mind. We're going to say, well, you can spend how much ever you want to do on that. It doesn't really matter. But we allowed $150. We'll reconcile to the actual costs at the end of it. Yeah, when you have like a specific thing that you put in, uh, if you go over cost, they're looking at you saying, hey, 
you know, you ran prices. It, right. This is higher than you said it was going right. to cost. But the allowance is a way to say, hey, I'm going to give you a range. And if you go over that range or you go above average on that, then the price is going up and the customer feels the ownership for that. Like, yeah, my price went higher, but it's because I wanted a $600 faucet. Right. Right. As right. opposed to this guy, you know, hosed me by underquoting. Right. Yeah. So they they know, hey, I've got to see this range. And if their taste is what causes that price to go higher, which yeah. often is the case. Yeah. Um, it also, you, you set them up for that knowing like, yeah. here's an allowance that you have for this. If you go over, just understand the price is going to go up. Yeah. And the, the, the opposite of this would be to give somebody a price of saying, build, let's say we're doing a bathroom remodel and we're going to say, okay, put in a vanity. These are the faucets. You're giving somebody an estimate on something that's not defined mm-hmm. because unless you put the model number and, and the finishes and all the rest of it, you don't know what that's going to cost you. So why take that risk on? Right. But it's going to change anyway. Yeah. So use allowances. Yeah. I mean, and the estimate is where a lot of guys win or lose uh, in this 100%. space. You know, there's a lot of things that you can make errors on that uh, won't kill you. But not getting the estimate process right uh, is the thing that will absolutely cost you money if you don't have it dialed in. And so knowing when you can be ultra specific uh, and know the exact thing you're doing, the exact cost versus when an allowance comes in. Um, and we've talked to guys who've got different methods, you know, if you're, you know, trying to get as much of a fixed price up front, um, you're trying to get all those uh, selections defined early on in the process. So you're not doing allowances, so you know, the exact price is going to be, mm-hmm. but that process of getting the customer to make every single decision on what exact finishes they want <laughs> can take a lot of time. Right. So um, it's you really might not just, even win that job. Right. I mean, why put that time and effort into it? Now, mm-hmm. there is a situation where some of the some of the people that we've worked with on projects, and this was somewhat a lot of jobs I d- did myself. We we also had a, a process, another process, as opposed to an allowance where we charge the customer up front for a design fee. Mm-hmm. And it's something where you're saying, let's go ahead and nail all that stuff down up front. And we will come to uh, we'll have plans. We'll have a whole list of selections and all that stuff will get nailed down ahead of time. And that can work, but you got to charge for it. It's not a free service. Yeah. So yeah. if it's a free quote, you know, and you got something that's not defined, say, Hey, I got a placeholder for you. It's a fixed price saying it's $300 for that. But if it's six or if it's one, it doesn't matter. And it gives them some agency in it too. Right. Right. As you pointed out. Yeah. They, you know, they want to go over, um, the other shortcut in this whole process or really gaining efficiency in the estimating uh, workflow is using our vendors. These guys are experts. All they do a lot of times, if you're working with your supplier, they're working with contractors like ourselves in that space where they're going to be saying uh, they know their catalogs, they know the pricing, they know how these assemblies all go together. And so to be able to leverage them for either specifications or putting together costs on a, on a list of materials, you know, for example, you need a quote on a lumber package, you know, your lumber supplier is likely has the expertise on their team to be able to put that together for you and get a complete list of materials, get a, get a uh, list of pricing for you. And so it saves an incredible amount of time. So leveraging vendors is really important in this process as well. They can also help us avoid pitfalls of missing things mm-hmm. or like, you know, you forgot this, you got to double check them cause they can miss things too. But nonetheless, uh, I mean, I found some guys really awesome in that space when I, you know, uh, you know, the Charles, I need this. And he, he was all over it. You yeah. Know, it just, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and I think it's a, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of knowing <clears throat> who the expert is and then just maintaining that relationship so they can continue to be the expert 
and you just have a good relationship with yeah. someone who really knows their stuff, yeah. you know? Um, cause I found as I age, my brain can only hold so much. <laughs> like I can't be the expert in everything, you know, I can't retain everything, but if I can maintain great relationships with people who do know mm. and are people who will pick up the phone for me and, and help me with stuff, um, that can, yeah. can go a long way. Sometimes you pay a little bit more to keep mm-hmm. that relationship with somebody, but yeah. I think the value adds there. Yep. You know, I had a really, I had a conversation with one of our suppliers in Springfield here and uh, you remember we're talking about pricing and they're like, we don't really even try to, they, they spent no effort whatsoever to try to be competitive with a box store or nationwide company or anything like that. They're like, we're, we're selling something more than just material. Mm-hmm. We're selling something on top of that because they're a small outfit. They've got, you know, they've got overhead to cover, but they're providing a valuable service as part of that. And if you don't appreciate that, if you're just looking price, mm-hmm. then you're doing it all yourself. Yep. So, and if that's what matters to you and you can have the process, you can sort out what you need and it's simple enough and you just price is all that matters. That's all you need. Yeah. Some so like, like any business, including this one, you know, you, you know, some people compete on price some compete on value Yeah. and you know, uh, you got to figure out what's your lane, you know, and I think people who are comfortable with a higher price know, Hey, I'm, I'm bringing value beyond that. So let's go to, I mean, you mentioned markups and overhead from the supply house, but that's something that you also need to work on if you're, uh, if you're in, in this space, the construction space. Um, let's talk about markups. Now we've done a previous episode on just talking about markup and margin and the difference between the two and how they function. Um, but when you're actually putting together your estimate, so you've got your selections or allowances, um, let's talk about markups. So that's a critical part of building an estimate and understanding what the price should be. Um, what are some things people should be thinking about when they talk about markups? So to a markup is really to cover a cost that's more or less not a hard cost. And when we talk about hard costs, we're talking about all the tangible things you see. Uh, these are the material thing components. This is the cost of labor to do something. And it's also the most visible thing to the customer. Mm-hmm. They see the they see your technician, your carpenter, whoever's coming to the job site, do work on a specific time schedule. They have a general sense of what that guy takes home as a paycheck. Uh, just based off of, you know, nation averages, everything, you know, what's a fair wage to a guy? Well, he makes mm-hmm. $40 now. Well, that sounds about right, you know, or whatever it is. Those are the very visible things the customer sees. And it's also the, the thing that it's very easy for us to just focus on as well. But then there's the aspect of running a business. And then there's all of the things that go behind – really go into making something happen. There's behind-the-scenes things, um, the, all of the – different changes that happen on a project. If someone says, I want that selection or that selection and the conversation about what, what do you think? I mean, that was a question I got all the time mm-hmm. from people that would, <laughs> I remember this one lady, well, Ben, what do you think? And I was like, it really doesn't matter at all what <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. about. It's your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. Do you like the ash or do you like the oak? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. but nonetheless. I like getting this job done so I can get paid and move on to the next one. <laughs> And it was a way for her to, you know, to be yeah. friendly about it. I don't want to be critical of yeah. that. But nonetheless, yeah. that's a weight on my time. Yeah. When I'm saying, well, you know, if you look at the ash, these are the benefits. If you're looking at the um, naughty alder, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a softer wood. So it's a little more prone to, depending on the use case, what do you need? And you work through the whole thing and you try to explain yeah. it to them. Well, that's, I spent a half an hour discussion. And that's your expertise. Right. Because they like, they know nothing about cabinets. You know, like, you know, because yeah. that's not their thing, but they are they're getting your expertise, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think it's, you know, being understanding that there should be a charge for that. Yeah. You know, I can't call up a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor and just have them answer the phone and give me they went to years of school to know what they know and to be experts mm-hmm. in what they do. And they just give it away for free. Well, no, it costs them something yeah. to, to to gain that expertise, just like it costs you to understand the difference between Ash and Naughty Alder. 
you know? Right. And so when they're prying and pulling on your expertise, it, it took you years to accumulate. You shouldn't bat an eye at thinking that, yeah, this is a charge and this yeah. is something that I really should be charging or it's, for. Or it's factored at a minimum. It's factored somewhere factored into in. into the cost of doing business, yeah. right? Because I mean, if you have an estimator that's out there and you pay him a salary and all of the cost of having an mm-hmm. estimator on your team, the labor burden, yeah. his insurance, the taxes, everything else, yeah. a place for him to work, that costs somebody. Somebody's paying for that. Yeah. So I think it's even like, you know, if you just basic concepts of paying for materials, you know, if you don't market materials at all and let's say, Hey, like I'm just passing the cost along to the customer. Cause we've talked to guys who don't mm-hmm. market materials. Yep. Um, and it's like, well, I want to be fair price. And we'll talk about more of that in a second here. Um, but you, the customer didn't provide the materials for you. They didn't drop right. off the lumber in their front yard. They didn't, you know, they didn't haul the toilet up two flights of stairs to get it to where you need mm-hmm. to install it. Like it took you time and effort and equipment to get it there. Like you have a truck for a reason. You have to, you right. needed to buy that trailer. They couldn't have moved the lumber from Home Depot to there. I mean, it's simple things, right. but you could because you put money into having the equipment to move material. Yeah. And that might sound overly simplistic, but I think a lot of times you don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you took time, effort, and money to have the capability to even move yeah. material. Um, that they didn't have. Let's so. talk about mindset a little bit on that too, because one of one there's I've seen a couple of attitudes come out in all this. One is you stupid customers don't understand how hard we work behind the scenes doing all this thing. And it's kind of an adversarial thing, mm-hmm. you know, where it's almost like people have no idea how yeah. much effort we put into their stinking job. Yep. Well, they don't. Right. Who's, who's that on though? It's not. It, it should not be an adversarial thing. It should be something we sell. It's something that we're just letting people know. We've got, you know, this is part of what you're getting with our services. This is part of what mm-hmm. you're paying for. But to the point of estimating, you know, we can talk about kind of the, the yeah. mentality behind yeah. it. But that, that's a huge point though. Yeah, I mean, right. that is, that's a very, very big deal because yeah. we do get that way. Get yeah. adversarial about it. And it's yeah. like, no, if, if you're adversarial about it, this the solution normally is better communication. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. So. But in figuring out what these soft costs are, really the cost of doing business, I think we have to have a good handle on what's a hard cost, you know, what, what, you know, what's the labor cost, what's the material. We got that all figured out. We have a, these placeholders, allowances, when we don't know what the materials or selections are going to cost. Mm-hmm. So we have a good idea on hard costs. If you got that nailed, which I think most guys and our, our as listeners are going to know how to get their hard costs, mm-hmm. they're good at that. The other thing that's that that's a it's a variable. The overhead's going to go up. It's going to go down. Um, and you really have to factor in some budgets in your overhead as well for replacing that truck. It's going to wear out. Mm-hmm. It needs maintenance. Um, so you almost, all of those things need to be line items on overhead as well, because Mm -hmm. that's a cost of doing business as well. The tools that you operate, they're going to, they're going to wear out. They need to be replaced eventually. Mm -hmm. So then there needs to be something further than just what, what did I spend last month? It's what's sustainable as a business as well. Right. So how do I replace the saw? How do I replace the saw blades and things like that? And, you know, a lot of times we don't even bill those to a job, the saw blades in the saw and we just go and do it. Mm -hmm. So it gets missed. So having your total expenses and now we know, okay, well, this is what the cost of doing business is. We need to make sure that we don't miss the math on this one. We've got a great uh, article on the website about overhead calculating. There's another podcast episode about calculating overhead, but nonetheless, getting that right, essential. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, we, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's a rookie mistake that so many people have made. I've made it run into a job saying, okay, well, the, how much could that cost me? Well, I got five grand in my hard costs and I'll, you know, what's fair, you know? You know, I add another 10%. No, 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 I can't do it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, fair is not, fair does not apply to costs. If your cost is 30% of a project for all the costs of doing business, 
well, fair is to cover the 30%. Right. <laughs> and you're not making money at that point. Right. No, that's just zero. Yeah. Fair comes down to, well, what, what do I make on top of that? Correct. What's my profit margin? Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about it, I mean, and this is maybe a simple way of saying it, uh, but would you, is it a simple way of saying it is margin is what gets me to break even? Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. So everything that gets you to zero. Yeah. Okay. And then we talk about margin, which is your actual profitability, which is what's actually puts money in your business bank account. Right. Cause if you don't do margin, you're not even getting to zero. Yep. Um, you get to zero. Okay. Great. That's cost of doing business. The next step is margin, which is actually making money, which is why we're all doing this to begin with. <laughs> you haven't made money until you've covered your markup and then you start putting in margin. So let's talk about, um, margin, why it matters and how you, how you bake that into your estimate. Specifically, uh, you know, we have a margin for overhead. We have a margin for profit. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, profit margin. Profit margin. Okay. Yes. Tra- yep. Tracking with you here. Okay. So, um, the the aspect of profit is really something that, that's very easy to neglect because this is after you get paid as a business owner. Yes. So after your team's paid, after your tools are paid for, your truck's paid for, your office expenses are paid for, after everything's paid for, that's – anything on top of that is profit. So that's easy to miss because a lot of times we can just say, well, I'll take the profit home and that's my salary. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Everything, everybody's paid and what profit provides you is the bandwidth to grow as a business or to meet the objectives for why you are in business. So there's two. There's a couple of paths here. One is to take the profit and reinvest it and grow your business. The other is to take the profit and use it for yourself. Invest it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your retirement. That's your, uh, you know, there's, and that's also the margin you need for when things aren't going exactly as expected. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, sometimes I think guys think, well, profit margin is what I get paid. And, you know, that's a no. And I think I, again, my brain oversimplifies things sometimes, but like, I think about if you have two bank accounts, right? Like you have, you know, if I'm Drew and I own Drew's construction, are you Drew? <laughs> I am Drew, right? That's a big if, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, if I, you know, yeah. I work in my business, and so I am out, and so when Drew gets my paychecks, that's yep. not profit. That is the cost of doing business. Yep. I'm getting paid for my time. Yep. Okay, that is not your profit margin. That's yep. you just getting paid for what you do. 100%. Profit is Drew's business, which is a separate bank account, a separate entity. Yep. It has to be a separate bucket in my mind. A profit is going into Drew's business account, yep. and that's not just me getting paid. And that account can go up or down, and yep. I can use that money strategically to grow Drew's business yep. independently of what comes into Drew's personal like bank account. Mm. Now, whether you want to give yourself a big bonus at the end of the year or whether you want to use that to save up money to invest in a specific way, mm. um, that that's where profit margin comes in. But I think some people don't delineate, um, especially when you're new in it, you don't delineate my personal bank account with profit margin for the business, two separate deals, and yep. you got to be working to drive both. Yep. And any bank knows this. If you ever go for a loan, you're ever trying to get a, you know, finance anything for, as a business expense, what's your profit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your profit yeah. and loss statement. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, you know, this is more of a mentality question too. So we mm-hmm. meet a lot of people who say, well, I just want to charge a fair price, right? So they're building their estimates and they maybe they haven't thought about margin or profit, uh, you know, markup or profit margin, but there's like, well, I just want to charge a fair price to the customer. And sometimes they're more concerned with that honorability of fair mm-hmm. price yeah. more than they are actually building a sustainable business that's going to outlive them. Um, so when you talk about, we, we mentioned it, but fair price is kind of, uh, irrelevant, um, as far as what that concept yeah. means. It's an admirable thing to want to be fair. 
That's yeah. a noble objective with something yeah. that we buy into 100% as well. We want to be fair with people. But I think there's a – you can take this too far. And I had this mentality as well. And it also – there's a lot of people that manipulate your fair-minded uh, nature as well. When you're saying, I want to be fair with people and then somebody comes back to you as a customer, mm-hmm. tells you, well, I think this is fair. And you're thinking, well, I want to be fair. It's a manipulation tool. Whether mm-hmm. whether or not you want to be manipulated or not, a lot of sometimes when people are looking for a better deal, they don't know what the costs are. Mm-hmm. But if you know hard costs, you know what the cost of doing business is, and all you're negotiating is how much profit you take home, whether that's 10% or 15%, you know, the or whether it's 10, 15, 20%, not, you have the sort of the negotiation space, you know where the lines are at. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and sometimes, you know, if you're buying something Armani, you're expecting a certain price point. I think people build brands around certain price points as well. If you're mm-hmm. that company that does really great work, has a great reputation, well, that costs you a lot of money to get. Yeah. And so the profit margin's higher. Right. You know, the costs are higher. Mm-hmm. It's just part of it. And yeah. you have an expectation as a customer coming to you from that. Is that fair? Are you ripping people off by charging them $50 for something that costs 10 I mean, it's it's a very subjective, right? It's I mean, very subjective. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know all of the costs that you spent running your business to get to the point where you have a great reputation. Maybe that took 20 years of your life and now you're charging 20% profit. Is that fair? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and what's fair to me yeah. may not be fair to you. Yeah, right. And that's okay. It's 100% okay. And yeah. I think that's where yeah. you got to be okay saying no yeah. to certain jobs and certain, you know, if they're trying to talk you down all the way down to where your profit margin is now coming close to zero. And now what's fair to them actually is eating into your soft costs of doing business, taking you below zero mm-hmm. on what you're making mm-hmm. because you're trying to meet their definition of fair. Yep. That's yeah. a problem. That's very, very much a problem. So, but in so, that moment, I think it feels good. You're like, well, yeah. I, I, it's, it feels honorable. I want to, I want to meet this customer where they're at and charge mm-hmm. a fair price for it. You yeah. know, um, and that's that subjectivity. Um, you know, feelings are are always real and sometimes right. Sometimes <laughs> in that moment, you feel like, well, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. But hey, that might not be right for the business just to meet that customer's definition yeah. of fair. When the math says, like, people lie, numbers don't. The math says you're going to lose money by doing that job. Yeah. You know, and even as it, if something goes sideways, you know, side, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of a situation where you're trying to make something right to a customer too. And if you don't know where you're at with it, you know, something is off and you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know what, we shouldn't have done that. Or there's a mistake. Mm -hmm. You need to still know where the lines is there saying, okay, well, I have this profit margin that I can negotiate with, but I'm not going to do it for less than what it costs me to do it. Right. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, and, and if something really goes pear-shaped, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you have an insurance policy. Yeah. You know, that's what that's all about. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk through present. So I think we talked about estimate and getting that right and dialing that in, understanding, you know, allowances and specifications and, you know, what's my margin, what's my profit markup, like uh, all those things. Like, so we got that dialed in, we've got our number, we know what it is. Now it's time to actually build a presentation um, and take that to our customer. Um, so talk to me about the importance of, um, cause I could take all my estimate information and write it down on the piece of paper or even type it up in an email and five cents things say here's the price, or I could take the time and build a more professional presentation. Um, let's talk about that and why presentation matters to the customer. Say goodbye to the hassle of estimating for your construction projects with Congenius. 
Our intuitive platform makes creating highly accurate and detailed estimates a breeze. And with cloud-based access and automatic calculations, you can focus on what really matters, building your business. Visit Congenius.com to learn more. Congenius, build like no one else. So we have this five-step process that we've talked about in, in starting off with just, is this the right customer I want to work for, for all the way to presenting your package to them of saying, this is what we're going to do. This is how much it's going to cost you. And this is why you want to use us to do it. Um, there's also a level where we think about, well, that's a lot of work to present ourselves in a very detailed way. Everything's specified very clearly. The details of what, where, and, and how much are uh, very clear. Uh, you don't do that. Uh, ad hoc. It's not something you could just throw together. And so we get busy, particularly when if somebody's an owner or operator type of a mindset where, or a type of a company, solo guy, where you're having to do all this yourself, you don't want to go spend several hours building a proposal. It's just a frustration. Um, there's a couple of things that come out of that though. And one of the reasons why you want to still do that or leverage a tool like Ingenious to, to, to simplify that process for you is that when that customer receives that proposal, a couple of things come out. One is the professionalism that you, the, the care that you have as a business. They realize if you put that mm -hmm. much care into presenting your company to me, I can expect that same level of care throughout the project. So you've sold me as a business, but there's also a protection for us in that too, right? As a contractor, if you're, if you're putting in, you know, if I'm a contractor putting a proposal out and I put that level of detail in there, when somebody comes back to me and, and is saying, well, some, whatever wasn't clear, about uh, the the project is now a something that come back to me. Well, you didn't tell me that. Mm -hmm. Well, every bathroom should have that instead of just saying, well, this is exactly what's included and no more. Right. And that's a protection to us as well. I've, I've had several projects where um, I've made shortcuts just saying, okay, well, you know, and even when I put a lot of effort into it, you know, there's one or two lines missing in there and somebody comes back and say, well, that we just, it's kind of assumed you're going to take care of that. You said build a wall. Yeah. You didn't say how, you know, just right. build a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those assumptions can can get you, you know, oh, man. on. And yeah. But if you haven't, again, we've talked about this multiple times, yeah. a theme, I think, for us, but setting expectations like, hey, yeah. here's exactly what to expect. Yeah. Yep. And when that's super clear on both sides, yeah, that proposal makes you look great because it's clean and professional. But it's also, you're right, it covers you to be like, no, this is this is an agreed upon thing. Yep. Because it's not just a proposal to look good. It's also a contract, yeah. correct? Yeah, 100%. And that really ties back to our whole estimate as well, because now we're also saying these are the costs. And if something changes, so the what of what we're doing, you know, the, the what of the line item is defined, where it's being done, how much of it's being done, all of that's very clear. And so if something changes from that, we have a source of reference. We say, well, it was 2,000 square feet, not 1,500. So that extra 500 square feet is not included in the price. Right. It's the Walmart checkout system. You know, nobody's asking you, so, well, I assume you're buying shampoo, you get conditioner. It's like, no, you didn't put it in the basket, you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what fool doesn't get both? Yeah. Right. You know? right. So it's, it's very clear. So back to, you know, to the contract point, though, uh, I think it's really important that, that we do put a little bit of effort into that, uh, hire, hire a lawyer or use a, a template from somebody that's been in the space already to make sure that we have s some key things covered. Um, one is the timelines, uh, don't get yourself locked into some, you know, I'll, we'll get it done by the end of next week, uh, in a contract, but there's a framework of things where it's, you know, saying, okay, if, if this is the timeline of a project, 
what to expect is defined there contractually. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not trying to you're not trying to put yourself in a box. This is about protecting you as a contractor, and also giving the the customer a framework of going to this document as a reference and saying, okay, well, if the material cost, one of the things I ran across on a project was lumber prices a couple of years ago were just going out of control. Mm-hmm. COVID, lumber shortage, we're looking at uh, over double the cost that things were before and right in the middle of a project. And because of a contractual obligation the customer had is if the prices increased more than what, you know, more than 10% of what we bid, they're going to have to pay the difference. We can go back to their bank and say, well, here's the line right here. Right. We can't eat this cost. Yeah. This is a change order. Right. Uh, so things like that are important. Yeah. And have it on paper. Have it written down. You know, and if all that stuff is assumed or understood yeah. or is a handshake yeah. on a text message, mm. uh, you're creating a lot of yeah. issues for yourself down Payment down the line. schedule is the other one yeah, to put in exactly. there. Exactly. So now we get paid. We square up once a week. We square up every other week. Mm-hmm. Or we get paid at these milestones very clearly delineated saying, okay, you know, well, that's right here. We yeah. get paid every other Friday. Right. So, you know. Yeah. Exciting expectations. Again, like knowing, hey, what to expect. You're you're saving yourself a lot of conflict, yep. conflict later. Yeah. I think, it, too, like. Yeah, ahead. sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> now, I was going to say, like, just the professionalism, yeah. too, right? It comes across like you've done this before. Your ducks are in a row. You understand. If I'm the customer, I'm like, okay, this is not their first rodeo. They know what they're doing. I know what to expect. I know exactly what the details are. And it came across in a very clean, professional way. Yep. You know, I've had bids from uh, contractors before where it's literally a text message with a number on it. You know, sound good? Question mark. It's like, mm, you know, <laughs> versus uh, like, you know, the congenious product that we put out. It's like a multi, you know, multiple page uh, full, like high end looking proposal. Like you're, yeah. you're trying to win jobs that are tens of thousands of dollars, uh, if not more. Um, this might be other than the home purchase itself might be the most expensive thing this customer's ever paid for in their life. Yeah. It, it needs to look like you know what you're doing yeah. um, and you build trust. And I think, you know, how you do one thing is often how you do all things. Mm. And if I do the if I do my proposal with excellence and detail, mm. then that communicates as a type of person who is going to be in my house and do what they said they're going to do with excellence and attention to detail. If I'm asking for a fifty thousand dollar plus job and and what I give you is sloppy second rate and lacks a lot of detail, how am I going to? How how many how much detail am I going to put into the trim work around you know your new floorboards you know like <laughs> I'm saying like those are the things where it's like um, you know I think it communicates something we talk about what you communicate versus what you convey and you communicate things but you convey a lot through how you communicate mm-hmm. and really that proposal is a communication tool that conveys I'm worth the price I'm asking for there are unspoken things that people are more or less making assumptions based off of what they get there. Yeah. And that presentation is, is so crucial. I actually had built a template when I was building um, and integrated that into our product today in congenious software that's specific to helping people get through this five-step process of having a professional proposal at the end. And that thing sold. I mean, people came, looked at jobs and said, wow, you know, we have four bids. You're the highest one, but we're still going to go with you because you know what you're doing. Yeah. Whether we did or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it conveyed a professionalism. It, it conveyed experience. Yeah. Uh, you don't come up with that in an afternoon. Yeah. Of course, these days, uh, there are gimmicks. There are, you know, people that, uh, that more or less take shortcuts, right? Yeah. They are trying to create a look that they don't have. And that will bite us too. I think there's also an alignment we need to have. There's a caution here. Mm-hmm. 
uh, if you're new to business or if you're new to construction business and you say, okay, great, I want that amazing professional quality, all the details and everything else, but you don't know what it takes to 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 yeah. really deliver. Yeah, don't oversell. Don't oversell. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've done that before. I was, you know, the salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's amazing. We are clean. We're accurate. Besides. I don't know what I said. Yeah. I don't know what I said back there. I just got caught up in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then the next thing you know, like, actually, my crew is horrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I haven't trained them. You know, uh, we're, we're just figuring it out, you know, yeah. instead of yeah. just being honest with people. So, yeah. I think honesty does need to be a guiding principle in all this, too. Yeah. Being straightforward with yes. people is, at the end of the day, way more important than being polished. Right. Yeah. And I, I think um, we talked to um, the successful contractor. That's a great YouTube channel uh, that's out there uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of the things he said that stuck out to me is like, hey, if you're just getting started, you know, he went to a market where he had experience, but then he moved to a new market and didn't know anybody or anything. He's like, when you're when you're new to a market or a space, he's like, don't focus on being the cheapest, focus on being the most professional. Hmm. He's like, I'm trying to build reputation, get referrals. No one knows me from anyone. I got zero Google reviews, you know, yep. in this new market. He was like, I had the option of saying, I'm just gonna go do a bunch of cheap work to try to get my ratings up and try to get some referrals, or I can go be the most professional person out there and go win some, you know, high-end jobs that yeah. were appropriate to his skill level. Yeah. I mean, it's not as first, he right. knew what he was doing. Right. He was good at the tra- at the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the temptation is like, when I'm new, let me just go do the cheapest stuff I can. Uh, but a different approach might be focus on being the most professional. I know I've said this on the podcast before, but the cheapest jobs I've done have been for the worst people. I mean, oh, yeah. just, I mean, we set expectations right up front. <laughs> You're a cheap, uh, you know, conniving uh, customer and I'm a cheap, you know, schmuck of a contractor is kind of the relationship. Yeah. It's kind of assumed. Right. You're like, we're both going to try to gouge each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm coming to the relationship saying, no, I want to take care of you. I want to be fair and all the rest of it. I'm yeah. just a sucker. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm right. going to stomp like a June yeah. bug in this contest. <laughs> well, we've talked to, you know, a lot of contractors who are like, man, I'm, I'm successful. I'm booked six months out. And I'm nice. like, but we look at their pricing models. We're like, hey, you're booked six months out because you're the cheapest. And people know that, that you cost less than everybody else. And we've seen yeah. their work and it's good. Right. You know, and so sometimes being booked that far out yeah. doesn't may not mean that you're a great business person. It might mean that you're a schmuck, you know? Right. right. Um, and so, uh, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. <laughs> you got to decide yeah, for yourself right. which one you right. are, you yeah. know? There's and the, and yeah. great people are booked like that far in advance too. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. But sometimes it's like, well, wait a minute. If the if there's, you know, supply, supply and demand, demand. ratios, yeah. Yeah. 100%. you know what I mean? Yeah. There's so much demand for my work. It might be because, you know, I've made it too yeah. cheap. And you do not want to win every job. Let's talk about just some outcomes from all of this. You go through this process. What's the outcome? Do you right. Should you be expecting to win every job? No. Nope. You should expect not to. In fact, that's kind of back to this whole point you're, you're bringing mm-hmm. up. If you're putting every, you're putting out five bids, you win five, there's a problem. Yep. Uh, because it's inevitable. I mean, there, there can be situations where your reputation is so strong. But even in that case, right. you're undervaluing your service because right. your reputation is so strong. That's the price needs something. to be the point of saying, I should be charging enough where there's a hesitancy. Absolutely. Because all of that costs you something. Correct. It costs you a lot to get that good of a reputation. Yep. yep. And then you, put in, you yeah. put in late nights, long hours, you know, thinking Working about- Working for all, free. Yeah. All the things you built up over the years to get that good, it costs you something. You know, and that is what they're paying for is you, you paid a price for it. You know, back to the doctor lawyer thing you brought up. Yeah. It's easy for us to look at the doctor and say, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably 200 grand in medical school debt or whatever. Oh, way and, more you than know. that these days. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, to, to your point, it's a lot of money. It is a lot yeah. of money, yeah. you know, and I think they're, you know, they're worth it. Right. So I think, you know, you, you go through this process. Well, and let's not start up contrary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Doctors, overpriced or not. Discuss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
healthcare system, overrated or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think, it, you know, go through that five-step process. You shouldn't be winning all of your jobs. You, it helps you target in winning the right jobs. 100. And also that mentality, if you're not going to win everything, you're not the right guy for everybody. Mm-hmm. But for the ones that you are, you want to win the jobs that you want to win. And know this, that there is more than enough work for everybody. Yep. Even if someone says economy. no, they gave someone else yes. Even a down economy, yep. whatever market you're in right now, there's more than enough work. It's about finding that work and finding the right kind of work that helps you accomplish your goals. <clears throat> All right, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and honestly, that's part of like what we're doing. You know, at, at Congenius, right? Like, uh, it is about taking someone who's great at their craft and then yep. giving them a simple tool to work to create and follow a simple step by step process to make sure they're selling the right jobs, winning them more, saving them time, making more money, and and increasing their margins to appropriate yeah. levels of their skill. Uh, most guys didn't don't want to be behind a computer or working with software per se. That's you know that's what we're building it for. To hey, let's give you something that helps you represent yourself well uh, and make the right kind of profit margin that's commensurate to your skill level and what you do. Um, and that's why Congenius exists, and that's what we're building for. Yeah, and it's a very personal thing for us. I mean, it really stems from we're talking about all the hard work and experience going into our audience and and being able to to pull off something very professional, to be able Mm -hmm. to get something done that's just beautiful after the end of it. And I think that's kind of really the story behind this as well, of all all of those hard experiences lead into saying, you know what, we need to develop a solution for this. Uh, This smarter software concept is is something that's kind of missed. I mean, software's kind of like, oh boy, you know, like so complicated, you know, as opposed to being like, oh, I love it. So obviously that's the goal here. And the goal for... Hopefully this content is useful for somebody. I mean, yeah. a lot of you guys are very, very, very good at this process, know a lot about this. We can learn from even listeners. So yeah. comment on this. We'd love to get some feedback too. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for giving us a listen. Uh, that's this episode of The Contractor Commute. We'll catch you guys next time.